Welcome to the Wholeheartedly Podcast, a space where emotional sponges can absorb understanding, acceptance, and joy while navigating both work and life. I'm your host, Kaylin Staten, and every other week we delve into the deep waters of what it means to integrate all facets of your life. It may be messy, beautiful, and everything in between, but at the end of the day, this is your story. This podcast aims to showcase stories to help you along in your journey, no matter where you find yourself on that path. Be sure to connect with us on social media, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Hi, everyone. So it's been a little bit since I've had an episode. I've had to postpone a couple of weeks, and I usually don't like to do that. The communicator inside me, as well as the perfectionist, and if you listen to the last episode, episode 15, I talked about perfectionism, and it's kind of an overarching theme of the Wholeheartedly podcast anyway. The perfectionist and the communicator in me, it really killed me to have to delay this episode. But I want to talk about overwhelm and what that really means, not only for me, but for those around me. And I'm coming off of a cold and the last couple of weeks has just been just very hectic in terms of work deadlines and sicknesses all throughout my household. So I've been sick, my husband's been sick, my son's been sick, and a lot of people have just been feeling just blah. I wanted to not only postpone this episode just because I wanted to have a quality episode, but I wanted to do it to help my mental health. And it was something that was very challenging for me because I'm like, well, I've done all of these other other things and met all these deadlines and I've pushed myself to this limit with chores and taking care of everything that needed to be taken care of. I can do this episode 16 and, you know, I can grin and bear it. But for me, that mentality only goes so long before it becomes toxic. And I put up this boundary for myself and I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I'm not used to putting up boundaries. So I did it. And now today we are talking about overwhelm. So I've been thinking a lot about my inner child. I do a lot of work with my inner child and inner critic and all of these voices that have taken up space in my mind since I could remember it. One of the things that I constantly have to battle is overwhelm. And I feel like I get really frustrated about it (laughs) for one thing, because it's like I've done years and years of therapy, years of trying different strategies of what will work and what won't work. And a lot of times I keep reaching the same brick wall. My anxiety manifests within overwhelm just like my depression, really latches on to shame and guilt and a lack of self-acceptance. But overwhelm to me is like breathing. And I know that it's a very negative pattern in a lot of ways. So I'm just going to talk to you just off the cuff today about overwhelm and pretty much what it leaves in its wake. The first time I feel like I was overwhelmed was when it was probably way before this point But I'm really starting to think about when it started to bubble up in my life. And I remember being in fourth grade and I am not a mathematician. I am not ignorant by any means, but of course I have gravitated more toward language arts and history and other things like that that are less STEM related types of classes and career aspirations. But I remember... I was in my fourth grade class 
And this was before, of course, you changed classes in, in middle school and high school and you went to all these different classes. I remember struggling really hard with math and I began to feel overwhelmed, not only in the classroom, but then when I got home and my parents were trying to help me navigate this homework. I haven't had this opportunity to do this yet with my son's homework because he's only a toddler, but I'm sure that he will bring stuff home to me and I will be like, what is this? <laughs> so I started feel really feeling overwhelmed and I don't really know when I attached it to schoolwork, but I do know that I really wanted to perform for people. I wanted to be this good little girl. And I had this schema and the stereotype in my head that if I did all of these things and I crossed my T's and dotted my I's and I'm all, all my ducks in a row and all these other cliches that I can think of, that I would be able to cross that threshold of achievement. And then when I didn't do that, or if I fell short, or if it wasn't something that was my specialty, then I would feel overwhelmed. And I've done a lot of work in terms of what I would like to achieve and really try to prioritize what matters to me. But overwhelm is something that I have to face every single day. When I wake up, I think about my to-do list. When I'm going through the motions of a work day, or I am cooking dinner, or I'm dealing with another tantrum for my toddler who has been sick, it's really easy for me to be overwhelmed. And as a highly sensitive person, as an empath, as an emotional sponge, whatever terminology you want to use or label that you put on it or a lack of a label, it's really hard when you have these tendencies to be able to shut out the world and to not feel overwhelmed. And so I, all the time, I feel like I am having to catalog things in my brain and it, it gets to be really exhausting and so I reach a point where it's like I've met my limit and sometimes I reach it a little bit sooner than other times after dealing with the pandemic and everything that's been going on for the past two plus years I feel like there's this collective burnout and just ideas and thoughts and patterns that all of us are going through in some capacity I honestly felt like throughout my whole life that it was just how I was. It was something that I had to deal with. I grew up being told that I was a certain way, whether it was, oh, you wear your heart on your sleeve or, oh, you're being too emotional or, oh, you're just made that way because so-and-so is like that too. And it's a huge mantle to try to live up to the labels that people put on you but then you put them on yourself as well. And so when I started to really hyper-focus on schoolwork and then my career aspirations, then I really started to get overwhelmed. And I have really had to put up a lot of boundaries and had to have these really hard lines in the sand, especially within the last two years, because it's so easy for me to say yes as a people pleaser and say, of course, I will take on that board role. Of course, I'll take notes at the meeting. Of course, I'll attend whatever kind of event on a weekend. I'll work on a weeknight. I mean, there are pros and cons and there are special case scenarios, but I've really tried to be really intentional because I feel like People will start dumping things on you if you let them do that. And I didn't want to be a pushover anymore. 
when I first started my career, I was so scared <laughs> that I was going to lose my job. I would literally volunteer for everything. But then again, I also was in toxic work environments at the beginning of my career. And so I'm not really sure where I was thinking that they were the supreme leaders of my life and career. But nonetheless, I was really nervous and I would get overwhelmed and I would want people to like me. And I would want people to think that I was just the best at what I did. And I wanted people to come to me with their problems. And I wanted to be the one to solve communication issues and really be that go-to person. It was really important to me that I was that vital resource that people could come to during a crisis, during an everyday challenge, or if they just wanted to talk about something on a personal level. And so I was really, that was part of my personality for so long until I realized that that really isn't who I am. I'm more outspoken than that. And it's taking me 13 plus years of my career to reach a point of saying no to people. And so if I have a client come to me, a prospective client for my company, then I can say, I don't think we're a good fit. I think that you would maybe be served in this way or that way. Or if it's, you know, my everyday job of just saying like, no, I cannot handle all of these different things. I only have so many hours in a day, family obligations. Sometimes you have to say no to specific things because you can't be everywhere all at once. If I could clone myself, that would be fantastic because I feel like you would get so much done. And, you know, it's okay to relax every now and then, but I don't always do that. I've also found that if I get overstimulated and I keep pushing myself past my limitations and I keep doing that day after day, my mood is greatly affected and I end up lashing out at those around me especially those closest to me. But I think that overwhelm is the thing that can damage relationships. It can sometimes be misconstrued and it can be misunderstood, especially by the person on the receiving end, because you may or may not know that that's what it is, or you may just get tired of it in general. I mean, everybody's human and we all have our boundaries and we all have our emotional limitations. And I think that over time, when you deal with an overwhelmed person, it's so easy just to say, this is how I would fix it. This is what you need to do. And for me, when I feel overwhelmed, I feel like I just need like a hug. But I also play the opposite game. And I'm sometimes like, I don't need this. I don't, I don't need a hug or I don't need help or I don't need this or that. It's incredibly challenging. Within the past month or so, of course, many of you know that I have a new position and so I am trying to navigate what this new normal feels like for me. I'm in the second month of this new position. It can be really challenging to navigate a schedule and also try to be all of these other different roles and still find time for myself as well. And so that's something that's been really, really challenging. And I'm just now getting back into the swing of things, I feel like. And so... I've contemplated like, oh, do I still want to have a podcast? Do I still want to structure my company just in any way? Do I still want to have it? Do I still want to do all these different things? And I think at the end of the day, balancing overwhelm is going to be a struggle no matter what, no matter what is on my plate. I plan to be really strategic about what I am handling, what I'm putting on this plate. 
and hopefully I can shed some light on things that help me balance life and integrate work and life and trying to make it as seamless as possible. In a lot of ways, when I talk about this, I'm like, what a joke. Like, (laughs) what a joke. I don't have it all, everything put together. And I recently was complimented on how I handle things under pressure and under all of the different things that have been thrown at me lately. And I kind of wanted to laugh. And I was, of course, flattered. And I just can't take compliments sometimes at face value. I'm like sitting there like, oh, if this person knew all of the ins and outs of my brain and all, you know, really how I operate, then that person wouldn't have told me that. I really think that my overwhelm is tied to my own shame and guilt. So I know that shame and guilt are completely two different ideations and two different parts of our psyche. For me, they're really intertwined. And so I feel guilty when I can't do something for somebody or feel guilty when I feel like I am not performing my best. And the shame is deeply rooted as well from childhood. So just really quick, just to differentiate what I mean by guilt versus shame. I am looking at an infographic from the National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine, and unhelpful guilt is defined as a feeling of psychological discomfort about something we've done against our unrealistically high standards. Again, that goes back to perfectionism. Those go hand in hand, and they're so woven in my life. Shame, on the other hand, is an intensely painful feeling of being fundamentally flawed. We're all human. We all have our flaws. But it's just like with the guilt, it's the action of doing or not doing. But then the shame, I actually feel physically uncomfortable. And it's like a heartache and a bellyache and just like this deep longing that I could be somebody else. And I wish that I could be somebody else and I wish I could do all of these things. And I play the, you know, should have, would have, what if game. All of those tie back to being overwhelmed because if I'm feeling guilty and I'm trying to meet this unrealistic high standard, then I'm going to feel overwhelmed. If I feel shameful and, you know, it's physically demanding on me and emotionally demanding, this holistic shame that's so deeply rooted in my conscious and subconscious mind, then I will never not feel overwhelmed. And it all ties back to self-esteem too. And so all of these different accolades, all of these different things that you've seen that I have publicly achieved or have publicly wanted to do, up until a few years ago, I'll just be honest, I was doing them so people would like me. So I would seem like this illustrious person who had everything put together just to mask these feelings of inadequacy. And it makes me really sad to think about that because it's like, I have so much value as a person and I probably need to listen to this. And especially on my worst days of feeling overwhelmed and shameful and guilt-ridden, I really think that if we can be our authentic selves in whatever capacity that looks like, then we'll be able to really shine a light on who we are and be able to accept ourselves and accept situations and not feel shameful, not feel guilty. But my biggest sources of guilt that lead to overwhelm are not feeling like a good wife and not feeling like a good mom. 
so I, <laughs> I'll just talk about the mom part first. So recently we put our son into daycare again and I feel so guilty when I drop him off or if my husband's with me and we both drop him off and he starts crying and then he says, want to see mommy? I've cried pretty much every day that I have dropped him off. The last couple of times I didn't because I knew that he was doing way better and he's thriving there and he's having a great time and meeting friends and learning things and just exploring and all of that. But I still feel guilty. I still feel like, well, if I didn't have these aspirations, if I didn't have a job, if I didn't have a company, if I didn't want to write, if I didn't have a podcast, maybe I could spend more time with him. But then it's like, well, I'd feel guilty if I wasn't working and achieving things. And it's just this, this pendulum. And it's like, whatever it swings is whatever that mood is going to be and whatever that overwhelm is going to be. I feel like I could do a whole episode on that and a whole episode on just wife guilt. (laughs) Because there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of shame that, again, I bring from childhood tendencies defense mechanisms that come into play but I've been thinking a lot about overwhelm lately just trying to figure out what the best method is for me to combat overwhelm again you're on this journey with me for this podcast I created a podcast so I could talk about current events and things that I'm going through but also some ways that hopefully you can also identify with the path that I'm on or if it helps somebody else I'm ready to eradicate overwhelm for the most part. The past few months, I have had more panic and anxiety attacks than I have had in recent history. It's something I've worked really hard to be present in the moment and be able to talk myself out of panic and anxiety and just kind of go with the flow of them and let them happen as they're supposed to happen. Really ground myself, try to, again, be in the present moment, notice my surroundings, really use mantras, use a lot of positive self-talk in these moments. And I've done a lot of good in that arena, but I've noticed that I'm starting to slip with that. And so just trying to figure out what's working, what's not working, and how to combat overwhelm. I found this article on psychology today. There are so many articles. You can go down this Google rabbit hole all you want, but I'm just going to tell you things that work for me. Hopefully we can go from there. From a to-do list standpoint, I love lists. I love to be organized. I love to be able to prioritize things. And when I first started my company and I was newlywed, I would get really, really anxious. And I would get overwhelmed really easily. My husband can attest to this because he saw me so many times have to try to combat overwhelm by going to sleep for like 12 hours, then waking up and doing it all again getting overwhelmed if something didn't go according to plan. And so what I do now is I have at least one thing that I have to do that's a non-negotiable type of thing, whether it is a chore, an appointment, a work task, a meeting, or just something like relaxing, which I'll admittedly say that I am not good at. I suck at it. And I'm working really hard to try to maintain work-life balance and those boundaries. If I look at it at that lens and say, okay, this is my drop-dead thing I have to do. Like, I will drop dead if I don't do it. And it's the only thing that's on my plate that I'm the only person who can do it. My former therapist gave me some tactics that I still use to this day. 
And I use Asana as a content management system and a to-do list keeper and keep all kinds of things in Asana. Next to each task, I put a fruit emoji. And if I can remember it in the show notes, I can't remember who, which resource she gave me that did that. I put all kinds of fruit emojis just to signify the level of priority that my items are. And so that really helps a lot. But I still tend to front load my work weeks. So Monday through Wednesday are pretty, pretty intense. And then I get really tired on Thursdays and Fridays. I'm sure that a lot of us can attest to that. One thing that I do when I feel overwhelmed is that I lash out and I become really argumentative in a relationship slash marriage type of situation that can come off as pretty much all four horsemen of the apocalypse by John Godman. I'll link that too. I'm sure that if you know anything about mental health or psychology, you'll know John Gottman and have encountered these four horsemen of the apocalypse, but I pretty much exhibit all of those behaviors and I become really argumentative and I don't want to stop arguing in a lot of ways. I want it just to like run its course. And a lot of times that makes me egocentric. And I feel like in those moments that if I feel overwhelmed, I guess, you know, everybody else must feel overwhelmed too. I don't know if it's like a catch-22 type of moment, but it's something that I'm trying really hard to walk away from a situation. And I'm going to do a whole episode on what it means to be a highly sensitive person and be a parent. It's something that I didn't really realize (laughs) until becoming a parent, how challenging that it can be. And so I am trying to remove myself physically from situations that make me overstimulated and anxious and that could lead to overwhelm because I become very overstimulated with sensory overload. And so again, if my son is not wanting to eat and he's throwing everything on the floor, throwing a tantrum, my threshold is only so much. And so when I can safely walk away from him, if my husband's there or somebody else is there to be able to take over I'm trying to be better about removing my situation and just taking a few minutes and trying to decompress before I blow up or implode and then I am just not any help to myself or anybody else. It's kind of like the classic adage of when you're on an airplane and the flight attendant tells you that you need to prepare your own mask before you help somebody else. That's really true. You have to save yourself and take care of yourself before you can help other people. So I really, I try to do those two things. And then I try to write. It's something that I, I feel like it's such a no brainer for me, but I do not want to take the time, like 20 minutes out of a day to write. But I feel like that really helps me combat overwhelm is just being able to put all my thoughts out on paper without judgment. It was something that I used to do so well as a teenager but it's something as an adult that I just don't allow myself to have that opportunity. Overwhelmed to me is really tied to my surroundings too. Like right now on my desk, (laughs) probably should have cleaned my desk before having an episode about overwhelm, but I've got lipstick, I've got cups of water, nail polish, an hourglass, magazines, all kinds of things. And if my house is cluttered, then my overwhelm gets really exemplified. So having a chore schedule and cleaning 
really help if you feel overwhelmed. And so this also seems like kind of a remedial thing to do, but just take tiny steps toward whatever goal that you have, whether it's a, if it's a large work project or a life goal that you have, then do small things that help you advance that goal instead of not acting at all, which is something that we tend to do when we're overwhelmed. We have a a fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. And so being able to have those tiny steps to nudge you in the right direction will help as well. And I think that this is going to sound like kumbaya, right? Like, (laughs) I think that being able to accept what we can change and what we can't change, I've had such a lesson in that, especially when you have a sick kid or you have a work project and then a crisis happens and you have to drop everything on your to-do list to handle that. It can be really hard to do that, but I think that accepting it and whatever that looks like for you will also help as well. And just not taking on too many things. I mean, I used to always be busy because I didn't want to face what was inside. I didn't want to face how I felt. I didn't want to face the pain and trauma and negativity that was just lurching out. It was like creeping out of my subconscious into my conscious mind as I'm starting to unravel more and more things I'm starting really to to combat overwhelm and I mean I can you know what (laughs) this episode could have been like I what I should do is when I feel overwhelmed I should just record myself and then you all could hear me and I mean that would be like deeply vulnerable but I think that it could also help maybe it would be part of the wholeheartedly diaries because I haven't done a bonus episode in a while so you panic and you get anxious and you do all of these things and it's when I self-deprecate the most as well so yeah maybe one of these days I'll let you into one of those situations but I've been overwhelmed for like my whole life I feel like I've had reprieves of course but I'm working really diligently to manage work-life integration, trying to, you know, marry the two so they're not in silos and just really focus on myself so I can be the best version of myself that I can be and just be more calm because that's something that I want to have. It's not a trait that is inherently natural to me. So I want to try to channel calmness and whatever that means. And so I will leave you with that, talking about overwhelm. Episode 17, hopefully we'll have an interview episode. I'm working on some interviews right now, and I'm really excited to be able to continue through November and December, and then take a little bit of a break at the beginning of the new year and launch season two. Just have these, these candid conversations where I'm talking to you in my office or wherever I may be talking to my microphone, and then talking to a lot of the guests as well. We've had so many amazing guests, and I'm really, really proud and really happy that I've been able to have these conversations that you've been listening to, and I'm very grateful, of course. Thank you for your patience, as episode 16 has been a long time coming, so I appreciate everything, all the listens, all the likes on social media, and we'll just keep living wholeheartedly keep pushing on. I literally cannot believe 
that it's almost a new year. Literally can't believe that it's November. We're in the midst of the holiday season almost. So stay tuned. I probably will have some type of episode about holiday stress and what it means as an HSP. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, if you haven't listened to episode 1 through 15, be sure to do that as well. But as always, thank you so much for listening and happy November and have a great weekend or have a great day if you're not listening on Friday, which is the drop day. And I will see you very, very soon. This has been an Hourglass Media production.